Hello and welcome to Knowing Nature, the podcast all about exploring and engaging with the natural world. I'm Victor. Joining us again is Annabelle. Yes, I have returned after a long, long, mysterious disappearance, but happy to be back. So you might notice our audio quality is uh, different yet again, as is mm-hmm. our want. Every episode has been recorded in a different place or way. It's our running theme. Why change, I think. And this week, because we're all stuck in our flats, we're doing this over a Skype group call. So mm-hmm. joining Annabeth and I are uh, Aisha, another environmental educator. Hello, Aisha. Hi, Victor. Hi, Annabeth. How are you guys today? Good. We're glad to have you joining us. Very, very, it's kind of exciting to have special guests, I think. It makes us feel very exclusive. I like it. <laughs> I'm called special, so. <laughs> and uh, also joining us is Maggie, environmental educator, um, again from last episode, you'll remember. Hello, Maggie. How are you? Hi, guys. It's good to be back. A recurring, a recurring guest. So this episode, we are sticking with the theme of invertebrates, um, guests that many of us will have in our homes. We're going to be looking at spiders. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think sometimes views are viewed as an unwelcome and scary guest. So hopefully this will kind of alleviate some of the fog around them that people realize they're maybe not as scary or as terrifying. They have some of the scientific facts behind them as well. So yeah, I'm excited to do something on spiders for sure. So first off, uh, what is what are spiders? So they're a group of invertebrates. They're, the name of their group is the arachnids, and they're a subgroup within the arachnids. So mm-hmm. arachnids, um, generally they all have uh, eight legs, but then they mm-hmm. might have different groups of um, their mouth parts are modified in different ways. So famously in uh, scorpions, they've got modified parts that are the pinchers, but the spiders, they're a subgroup within the the arachnids and they're characterized by having two body parts they've got a cephalothorax and an abdomen they've got eight legs and produce silk and they're actually Mm -hmm. one of the most diverse groups of invertebrates there's over 48,000 species of them Oof, that's a lot there's loads so what we're going to do in this episode is um our guests have done a bit of a, a homework assignment they've looked up a bit about some of the common species that you might find in and around your home. So we'll go through some of that information and then, as usual, we'll talk about some activity ideas to get mm-hmm. you engaged with spiders in your home. So first off, we've got Annabeth looking at cellar spiders. Yeah, so my task with cellar spiders, which are quite exciting because I actually love uh, love these little guys. I've seen them quite a few times. Um, they have different names as well. So if you don't recognize the name cellar spider, you might recognize the name like daddy long leg spider, daddy long legger, also vibrating spider. And I really like skull spider. I think that sounds really, really exciting. Um, but these spiders, if you're to recognize them, they're quite thin and like fragile looking. Um, their body shapes like a little miniature little peanut. I think it's the best way to describe it. Um, their coloration, they're kind of gray or brown, but sometimes can be clear as well. And they're basically kind of found in every single continent on Earth, minus Antarctica. There's not many, not many invertebrates that can, be, that can live there. Uh, if you were to see them, they'd be hanging sort of upside down or inverted in really, really kind of messy, irregular webs. If they're in the wild, they're mostly in sort of dark, kind of damp places like caves or in sort of like undergrowth, but really kind of dark, dark areas. But in human areas where we find them, they like sort of attics and cellars, hence their names, the cellar spiders. 
Now, their behavior, normal spider behavior, um, so their webs actually that create these really kind of messy, regular kind of, yeah, mess of webs, really. Um, they have, this web has no adhesive properties like other webs. So you think of spiders, they make webs to crack kind of catch their prey in that way it doesn't work in exactly for our cellar spiders um they kind of rely on their messiness um to catch it the spider their prey kind of gets caught in it in a different sort of way but cellar spiders are really really kind of passive towards humans so one of the really kind of exciting threat responses about them and why they're called the vibrating spider is actually like if their web is sort of touched by something larger so like a human or anything like that or if they feel threatened they'll actually sit and vibrate rapidly which is something you might have seen them do so they're quite I think they're really quite comical in that way as well if you think of them they're really small bodies really really long legs and they're sitting kind of bouncing vibrating away on their webs now one of the biggest misconceptions about cellar spiders this is sort of this urban legend that they have the most potent venom of every, any spider. And the only reason that, it, that we can't get affected by it is that their fangs are too small to pierce our skin. But there is absolutely no scientific evidence to support this. And the reason that a few people think that this legend kind of arose is that they tend to eat and actually type of the spider that they hunt are things like black widow spiders and other kind of more venomous spiders, which is why... People think that, oh, they're eating these venomous spiders, then they must be really, really venomous as well. But actually, that's not true. And they, like I said, tend to inca incapacitate their prey from afar. And they're definitely not a spider to fear in your sort of own home as well. And I definitely really enjoy seeing them and their sort of messy little webs that they've created and they sit and bounce away in there like they're listening to some pretty sweet tunes. So that's our, that's the kind of lowdown on the cellar spider. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the cellar spider. I love that when you disturb them even slightly, if you blow on their web really gently, they they treat that as a threat. And you'll see they just start like shaking themselves around yeah. until they're going so fast you like can't even see them anymore. Apparently, they think that they kind of do this sort of vibrating either to sort of confuse this larger kind of predator into where they're they're actually located so sort of like to confuse or it's some people think some scientists think that they might actually be trying to sense if there's actually any other prey around their web but the web if you've seen it looks like a mess it looks like a total accident they're just like all right spiders make webs let's have a go and it's been something completely terrible instead um i definitely yeah I, i've never been i've all spiders i think cellar spiders are I find them really really sweet looking these tiny little bodies and big long legs i can relate to them being a very tall long-legged person <laughs> They look a bit clumsy, I always think. I like them. <laughs> they do. They, they're a bit gangly. Um, and mm -hmm. you said that they hunt other spiders. Yeah, so they actually hunt well, other hunt other spiders in your home, including things like house spiders, but also false widows and other widow spiders as well. So they wow. are known to like kind of hunt, but they, they kind of incapacitate from afar. So they very much rely on these really messy, convoluted webs to actually kind of trap the prey. But then these webs aren't sticky, so it's kind of the mess they of it themselves like is what they get stuck in yeah yeah they get tangled oh yeah excellent so if you're someone who doesn't like spiders you might want to leave these ones in your house because they're oh, yeah they'll actually get rid of the other the ones box. yeah exactly and they're Very probably cool. i think they're so sweet looking as well i think they're a good beginner a good level one spider for the spider film <laughs> Um, now in there, you mentioned that they might hunt down other spiders like the house spider. Mm. Um, Maggie did some homework for us on the house spiders. Can you tell us a bit about them? Absolutely. For me, the house spider is the most impressive one you can find in your house. Uh, it is quite large, um, with a characteristic herringbone pattern on its abdomen. You can actually oh, wow. find up to six species of house spiders in your house, attic or, or cellar. 
Uh, now they are from the Fana Web family, which kind of the clue is in the name. The, the, the web isn't your sort of traditional Halloween net. It looks more like a funnel. Uh, so the clue is there. Now, um, in the UK, if you can find them all across the UK. Uh, they enter your house in the autumn. You're much more likely to see a house bird in autumn than any other season. And that's because in the autumn, uh, the males are leaving their webs in search for females. Oh, uh, search for the classic females. hunt for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> They will search everywhere, including your house, house, and they will get in through open windows, underneath doors, and any little crevices, uh, any, anywhere they can find into your uh, warm, cosy flat. You can find um, house spiders anywhere from Scandinavia uh, all the way down to the Mediterranean. And scientists believe that they originally arrived in the UK from the Mediterranean. And that's why their cosy house is important to them, because a female that lives a whole year longer than the male in order for the, for the eggs to stay protected and hatch next year, she needs a warm place. She will not survive the winter uh, in a, outside, especially not up in the country um, like Scotland. Um, yeah, so she needs a nice warm house. And the more people I know that catch them and then stick them outside as well. Oh. No, you, you kind of want to welcome the house spider. They need that warmth in your house to survive. Uh, males, however, uh, die very shortly after mating. So later in the autumn, they, they, they won't be alive anymore. But the females go on to live a whole, whole year after that. Are house spiders um, one of the ones where the males will get eaten by the females after they've mated? No, I don't believe so. It, they just don't live very long. It's almost like whole life energy that come, goes Aww. off. It dies very, very shortly after mating with the female. Yeah. Yeah. People are really afraid of them because they are quite large. And if you have a spider phobia, that, that would be the spider that gets you going, running away from the... <laughs> Uh, but, but actually, they very rarely bite. Very rarely. They uh, in, in, instead, in defence, they just run off or even make themselves into a little ball and curl up in the <gasps> like a little puppy. Little spider puppy. What do they eat? Are they ground living ones? I have in my head that they're sort of move more on the ground. Or in baths. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. You often see them scumper along your floor, and the net, uh, the webs tend to be sort of lower down rather than up in the ceiling. And mm. if it left undisturbed, they can get really, really large. They become quite interesting, large funnel structures. Um, and the spiders tend to reside at the very, very, very bottom of the tunnel, so they're the narrow parts of the, um, the funnel. And if um, an insect or a small spider stops walking into the funnel, they will then jump out and bring their prey further down inside the funnel where they will enjoy their snack or meat. Do they vary much in size? Uh, they do. It, it takes a house spider a whole year to reach maturity. And obviously during that time, it, it gains in size. Uh, in terms of the six different species, uh, they do vary slightly in size, but they tend to be, uh, they are quite a large. I think the UK's largest spider is um, 
Is it the raft spider, which is in the same group as them, I think? I believe so. In the Agelenidae group. Yeah, I think so. So, <laughs> yeah, a, a family of very big spiders. Usually, I I've think, seen one big as my hand, like lifespan <laughs> as large as my hand. See, I would not say I'm like usually scared by spiders, but I think definitely the house spider is the one that, because it varies so much in size and has the potential to get larger than you would anticipate, it's the one that I kind of, yeah, and it kind of catches you by surprise when you see it kind of scurrying out of the corner of your eye on your floorboards. It's the one that I think I maybe have the kind of fear, not fear, but just, as you've said, like they really rarely bite, and I think that's a really kind of big thing to kind of get across. We need to remember that the, the house spiders needs really need us in order to survive. They need our, the, our cozy sheltered spaces, either in their garden sheds or inside our homes, uh, because without them, they they won't make it through the winter. So, Aisha has been researching for us a, a spider that last year and the year before received quite a lot of press coverage mm. as you know being scary invaders into your houses there's you know a couple of reports of a whole a school being shut down because they found these inside <laughs> is this the false widow spider um now aisha how dangerous is a false widow spider really it's not so <laughs> the reality of it is if it did bite you which is very 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 rare it would be able to inflict you with a bite that would be painful but it wouldn't be in the same pain category as, say, a bee sting, and it is no way dangerous. So while it might cause you some discomfort, it isn't a fatal bite. Now, hmm. I do understand that in the past there have been people who've been hospitalized having been bitten by these, but I believe that that was because the bite got a bacterial infection, so it wasn't the spider that caused it it was the fact that bacteria then made it into the bite wound and infected it yeah exactly um and i actually received one of these bites a few years ago from a white tail um and i ended up in hospital as a as a result and i had to have surgery to remove um all of the flesh where it had actually become necrotic oh my but goodness again, the bite itself wasn't venomous it's the bacteria that caused all of the bite, uh, the flesh around the side of the bite to become uh, necrotic, and that's what they had to remove um, during surgery. Uh, that was a white tail. Those aren't in the UK. This was back over in Australia. Um, but there have been cases. But uh, again, in all the cases that they found um, where they thought it's been the false widow, there's never been true substantiated cases. They think it was the false widow. But um, they've and these cases are very, very, very rare. I think the most that they ever had was back in 2013, where there were two cases. So it's it's very rare when if you think 12 people a year die of bee stings, mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 very, very rare. Uh, they do get obviously a lot of bad press with the name of the widow. Mm -hmm. They're an easy scapegoat, I always think. If people are yeah. going to find something scary in their house, they're always going to blame the little eight-legged little friend lives there. Yeah. <laughs> and they, so they were actually in the same family as the Black Widow. Um, but while the Black Widow has a neurotoxin, um, venom, these as these guys don't have that same effect. Uh, they do live in our houses, um, much like the house spider as well come over from the Mediterranean they think either from Madeira or the Canary Islands 
And they're a quite interesting spider when looking into global warming because they've actually seen how it's started to be observed further and further north as we're seeing more and more warming. At the moment, it's only in the south counties, but they have seen cases of it being observed further up as well around the around the country. They are quite uh, they're quite easy to identify if you get quite up close to them. They've got quite a bulbous abdomen, and on that abdomen they have almost kind of like an orange mark. Some people say this is like a skull, but <laughs> as you said, Victor, from everything that's been in the papers, people see a mark. They hear that it's venomous, and they're like, "Oh, that marking is definitely that of skull." They're yeah. probably very beautiful in the spider world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very. Again, I I really like them. I think they uh, they're always a nice little little add to any home. You normally find them. Um, they make webs in the corners of houses, so you'll find them up in the roof. They're great because they eat all other sorts of things you don't want in your house, so flies, midges, mosquitoes. So as flatmates go, I really like them. Because ten out of ten would recommend. <laughs> yeah, gets rid of my mosquitoes, flies. I'm like, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, free meals and free accommodation what can they yeah, complain <laughs> yeah it doesn't bring any guests back <laughs> we're sorted so what do their webs look like I, I don't they don't make the classic like spider web shape either do they no so they have almost again like a little funnel um webbing so it's sometimes it's even hard to see them because they'll make they'll go into they love corners and they'll use that web get right in the corner make themselves almost like a little house around it and they'll hide right at the very very back of that and the spider itself is not they're not terribly big are they they're they're what maybe Um, less than two centimeters Yes, they're they're about nine the female can get to about 14 uh, millimeters um she's significantly larger than the the male um, and also with the bite as well the bite of the male is almost you know you won't feel it at all it's the it's the female that has the stronger and more painful bite and she is she's bigger as well getting up to about 14 millimeters as he'll only get up to about seven or eight fully grown mm. <laughs> With all of these, we've mentioned uh, the Black Widow, and I thought, you know, if we're doing the False Widow, then we've got to do a little bit of homework on the Black Widow. Um, so I did that, and they found that the Black Widow has, like, quite a fearsome reputation uh, for being, you know, a really venomous spider that, oh, if you get a Black Widow bite, oh my gosh, you're going to die. But actually, um, the bite is very painful, but deaths from them are extremely, extremely rare. So from 2000 to 2008, I, I found some uh, some data from the U.S. National Poison Center. And but in those eight years, 2000 to 2008, there were 23,000 black widow bites. So quite a lot of bites, Whew, but no deaths, no deaths at all. In oh. fact, most cases, if you get a black widow bite, you don't need any treatment at all. If you do need treatment, usually it's pain treatment because the bite hurts a lot. If it does get more serious, there is an effective anti-venom as well. And so it's, you know, while they are, they have this really fearsome reputation, it's kind of not that well-deserved. No, it's a lot, it seems like a lot of scaremongering. Like, obviously, spiders are just the easy 
scapegoats when it comes to being like picking an animal to be scared of I think a lot of people are scared of spiders and I think the black widow like for me as a child I was always got told tales by my grandmother and stuff of how if you get bit by a black widow you'll die instantly and it'll be excruciating yeah, yeah. she was an interesting grandmother but like still like it's the stories that you get like it's black widow is the one you kind of really associate with sort of a terrible terrifying bite so it's interesting Absolutely. that that they actually the chances of dying are really really slim yeah uh, now, in this country, the other spider that's gotten a lot of press in recent years is the Brazilian wandering spider, also known as the banana spider, Oof. because it is infamous for occasionally being found in imported bananas. Sneaking its way here. <laughs> yeah. Now, there are quite a few other spiders that are look quite similar to this spider. They, they look a lot like um like the house spider, actually. Kind of similar size, similar colors similar kind of body shape so they're easily mistaken for those but like the black widow spider the bites are painful but very rarely serious or uh life-threatening and that's because their venom it is highly highly toxic but when they bite you they usually inject so little venom because they want to save it for their food and for self-defense right and you're much too big to for them to take down mm -hmm. so they just want to hurt you to get get you away so they want to reserve that venom so it's more of a like a deterrent than like they know that like when we're just much like you said much too big for them so they kind of bite sort of like oh get away from me for now like i <laughs> this is for something yeah. much more important interesting yeah. bites from them are not as common um so there was a study done in 2000 um, looking at um, bites from this spider in Brazil, and they found that actually you're more likely to show no symptoms at all from the bite than you are to to die. So <laughs> if you get bitten, more likely than not, you might not even notice. Like it might hurt a little bit, but you're more likely to have that than to die, which is quite good. Right. So uh, sounds like generally spiders are actually pretty good house guests to have with you there are, mm -hmm. in the uk there are basically no dangerous spiders at all and usually they're going to take care of other pests inside your house for you so they're quite nice yeah i think they're pleasant to like sort of have around i definitely if i knew it was a little cobweb in my house i definitely leave it i think them getting rid of sort of pests like flies and other things is much better than just than aesthetic worries about having a cobweb showing so i definitely yeah i think spiders in the house is a good call so let's share a few ideas for how people might get to know these house guests that they've got aisha do you have any fun activity ideas to share um there's always bug hotels one of my favorite activities to uh, do if you've got any sort of bamboo or anything like that lying around you can also use lots of sticks um, if you get all the sticks together you can put them together just big enough so you can put wrap both hands around them and once you've got a big bundle of sticks you can wrap your hands around them then tie them together with twine you can leave these anywhere so you can leave them outside um, or you can also leave them um, if you've got a cellar or anything like that and they make a fantastic little house for spiders and other inverts to hide away in yeah, those are great for all those um, the funnel web type spiders because mm -hmm, bamboo sticks that. have those little tunnels pre-made for them, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a variant of that, and that's make a a spider hotel. And the way you do it for specifically for spiders is you kind of make um, like a square frame from sticks, or even just have two sticks 
fairly close together, maybe about 20 centimeters apart. But in one of them, you attach some kind of small container. So back in the day, I'd say use a film canister, but people don't have so many of those nowadays. But any kind of small roundish container, attach that to one of the sticks. And then what that does is it makes a frame for the orb weaver spiders to build their webs on. Orb weavers are the ones that build that classic spider web shape with the spokes and then like the spirally web around. And then what the film canister does is oftentimes what these spiders will do is they will sometimes hang out in the middle of the web to wait for their prey to fly into the web. But when they get a bit scared, they like to have a safe hidey hole in one of the corners of the web. And that's what the film canister is at the side. So it kind of encourages a spider to build a web there. So if you don't want them inside, you can do this maybe just outside a window, and then hopefully a spider will set up shop just outside the window so you can see them even if you don't want them inside your house. Oh, that's a really, really nice idea, actually. I really like that. I think it's just good as well, like, activity-wise, is maybe just as a sort of do-your-own sort of spider hunt in the way that you just see what spiders you have in your house or what you can see from the webs you can see, or if you have access to a garden, just do a little do a little search and see what is available to you what kind of spiders are inhabiting your habitat <laughs> yeah so a good one for for that is some good equipment is to have just a, a spray bottle that's going to make a very fine fine mist so if you've got mm -hmm. an empty perfume bottle fill that with water instead of perfume take the perfume out for it <laughs> yes um, please do don't poison then, them all <laughs> um, give it a spritz around and what that'll do is it'll kind of act like fog or mist so that you it makes those webs visible for you and then the water dries off without harming anything so that works quite well if you do find a spider's web then a fun little activity to kind of get to know them a bit better and to really appreciate the work that goes into building um, mm -hmm. one of these webs is to just do a quick sketch of the web and the good thing about that is that you can um, it's kind of this really low pressure way of practicing drawing because it's just practicing those those lines. But it's practicing squiggles. Yeah. <laughs> In and, a way, yeah. Um, and you only need, you don't need to get all the fine details because spider webs are amazing things. Something for a whole other episode, I think. Oh, they're so intricate as well. And like I said, each species has a, almost like a unique pattern of web building. Um, so it's, yeah, it's in itself, it's a really, really fascinating thing to study and observe. Yeah. So you can, you, all you need is like the main lines because spiders can produce several types of silk and often they'll have these thicker, stronger lines of silk that provide the structure. So if you just draw in those and then just kind of gently scribble in all those other fine threads in there, that'll give you an overall impression of the shape. And that can actually be quite important in identifying spiders, but also just mm. taking the time to look at that and draw it helps you to get to know them a bit better. Especially as you tend to see the web before you see the spider as well. So it might be a good, like you said, a good way of identifying what you have. As sometimes spiders can be a bit reclusive and don't tend to want to be spotted. Uh, Victor, I actually grew up with a grandfather who had a huge love for spiders, could identify the individuals and gave them names. They <laughs> <laughs> had friends with names and they were staying on different sides of his bed. Oh, I love it. That's taken it to a new level. <laughs> That's expert level spider research right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maggie, did you have any other um, spider activity ideas? I think you covered 
covered most of it, really. Some really good ideas there already. I don't think I could contribute today. <laughs> Aisha, actually, this is your idea. I'm going to steal it. Is the uh, spider cakes idea. I really like it. Yeah. So that's, do you want to explain the spider cakes idea? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good idea, especially with us all having um, a lot of time at, at home, especially if you've got uh, little ones that you want to entertain. Um, me and my mom used to do this uh, every year for Halloween. You just make up a basic cupcake recipe. Chocolate ones work the best. Make them in your little cake tins. And then once you've come out, you can let them cool. And then you can choose your icing. So you can put whatever color icing on that you want or for the species. Um, and then remember how we were saying that all of those different spiders had different markings. You can actually use the different icing to make the different markings. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. That you've chosen um, to make. Um, you'll also need a packet of matchmakers. So they're the long, thin um, chocolates. Uh, you can get them either in orange or mint, whichever you choose, and you can put four legs on each side and then get a pack of Smarties and you can make Smarties for the eyes as well. And this will you can make however many different species of British spider that you like. Oh, I like I really that like as that. well. You get really scientific with icing as well. I never think the world of baking and science would collide. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then if you've still got more time on your hands, you can also, if you um, get water and put um, white sugar into the water and start to boil it down, um, as it boils, you can then start to get a stick. And if you get a stick and toss that around, you'll actually make yourself spun sugar, which can become oh the worst. Invertebrate Bake Off, here we come. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. With all that time everyone has on their hands, it's the time to buy the bakery. That's I think that'd be an interesting thing to see, and also to see the failures of such, as I'm a terrible baker, so I just imagine them all looking at little brown, sad slugs. As long as they taste good, Annabeth. Yeah, exactly. As long as they taste good, that's all go. that really matters when it comes to baking. Um, I've got one last cooking kind of cooking related idea you can make something called cornstarch clay it's basically just cornstarch and water maybe a little bit of salt and then you cook that and what happens is it, it turns into like a like a clay type thing that you can do sculpting and modeling with when it um you can just let it air dry it goes really hard and um, a lovely white color as well so you can use this to sculpt your spiders and then they paint that surface paints really well, so you can paint it to match to match whatever spiders it is that you've seen around your house. Nice, so I like that one. Yeah, and also just watching webs because spiders are amazing at at building their webs, um, particularly the orb weaver ones, and they're a really good one because a lot of them will actually build their web again every day. So they'll eat their old web to kind of recycle it and then build a new one. And when they build it, it's amazing to think that these spiders can produce so many different types of silk. They can produce such complicated structures without looking at them because this, the silk is all comes coming out behind them. Yeah. yeah. And they're, uh, they use their legs to kind of stretch it out and stick it onto things. So Master they, architect. They don't ever watch what they're doing. Yeah. All right. So any, all right. anyone else have any other? No, I think that could be us. Right. So. Thank you very much, uh, Maggie and Aisha, for your spider ideas. Yes, thank you for joining us. It's always nice to have like guests as well and sort of fresh voices, fresh ideas. Thank you. It's been great. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. <laughs>
If you've been frantically trying to scribble down notes, fear not. You can find more details of all these activity ideas and information about all these different spiders and things in the show notes, which you can find at knowingnaturepodcast.wordpress.com. And if you have any questions or anything or you want to find out anything more about, please, please, please don't hesitate to email us at knowingnaturepodcast at gmail.com. We always love hearing your ideas as well and maybe what you're keeping occupied with during this quarantine madness that's going on. And um, if you do find yourself sketching a spider web or making some spider cupcakes, please do send them in to us. We'd love to see them again at knowingnaturepodcast at gmail.com. But that is going to be it for this episode. Yes. So thank you so much for listening and hopefully you enjoyed it. And hopefully then now when you look at your little spider kind of co- housemates you kind of look at them a bit fonder 